Welcome to the Ryan Holt Show. On this show, you can expect the latest, the greatest, and the best curated content on business, marketing, automotive, and lifestyle. Sit back, put in your earplugs, and let's enjoy the ride. Now, as always, I want to make sure you get the best in content that will help you monster your goals, both personally and professionally. I want to keep this conversation going, so please check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at RyanHoltz1. And then go over to Facebook.com forward slash RyanHoltz Marketing, and we can chat there too. I also want you to visit www.ryanholtz.ca as this will be where I put my almighty beloved show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show. Let the beat drop and enjoy. Okay, everybody, welcome to episode six of the Ryan Holtz Show podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest, and uh, her name is Beverly Poom slash Hello Beverly slash Beverly Teresa. I mean, there's all kinds of names for her. She's absolutely extraordinary. She did send me over a bio, but we're going to do the bio um, my way. Um, And I just want to say that she's an exceptionally talented person. Um, she's a marketer, she's a graphic designer, she's a community ambassador, she's one of, uh, several things. So welcome to the show, Bev. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Now, do you mind if I, if I change the show name, uh, title to, um, the introduction to baby Holtz? I'm so sorry because I'm, (laughs) I'm so excited, uh, for, for our baby to come. Uh, my wife and I are, are anticipating, we need the baby to come out. And it's been like our life now for the last, I don't know, nine months. So um, do you mind if I title the show Baby Holtz? Yeah, do that. Unless people will confuse me with Baby Holtz. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, today's show title is Vanity Metrics on Social Media. So before I get to that, Beverly, I was, in, I was at your Twitter account and you yes. tweeted like 46,000 times. <laughs> like, does your fingers hurt? No. So the majority of those tweets came from like, I don't know, 2008 or 2009 when I was working like a weird job where I just could sit on the internet all day. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if we were to average it out since you actually started your Twitter account, how many tweets is that like per day? <laughs> oh, I have no idea. A lot. I what, can't do that. Do you have to go for like massages to avoid like having carpal tunnel or like bent neck syndrome or, or what's the what's the deal with that? No, I usually just go for massages for the happy ending. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding. Now, remember, this uh, this iTunes Google Play <laughs> podcast is, is it, it, it's not checked for explicit. So we, we can hint okay. at some stuff, but we we have to have a ton of fun um, in preparation for the interview uh, when we spoke a few days ago. Um, you mentioned the term shade. What, what the heck is shade? Okay. So how old are you, Ryan? I'm, I'm 32 years old and you did call me an old man, which I'm a little bit upset yeah. about, but I, I mean, I just don't really know what the, the term is. I'm just surprised for someone who does social media or like marketing online. You don't know what shade is. It's like, so shade is kind of just, you know, saying it's kind of like a subtweet, I guess, if you want to compare it to something on social um, where you're kind of like, hey, I'm just going to like say this kind of mean thing, but not really mean and direct it at someone, but not really directed at them. 
Really? So it's like a, it's like a, I don't know, like an indirect diss in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so I so, shade a lot. You do. So is yeah. it like a sarcastic slash hating uh, comment or like what's what's up with that? It's kind of just like a sarcastic comment when, you know, like people who are like, I'm a social media guru and you're like, oh, what's yeah. a guru? <laughs> I always say if there's if there's a guru in the title of any uh, description, you need to run the yeah. other way really, really fast. Yeah. Uh, even myself, I, I definitely my claim to fame is that um, I know nothing and I'm learning each day because this game is changing each moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so why did you decide to come on the show? I mean, it's literally my first interview on this podcast. I'm extremely happy to have you on. Um, and I'll get into and I'm sure you're going to ask me why I started the show and all that. But I wanted yeah. to have you on because, you know, one thing I talk about a lot is personal branding. Personal branding is huge. And I think that um, you have definitely a personal brand. I mean, you got tattoos, uh, you know, that that black leather jacket, you know, you got the <laughs> the blacks, the black glasses, um, you got this little kind of giggle voice, you know, and, and you got a brand. I mean, I know who you are. Um, I, nobody would have to tell me who you are. I've, I've always um, kind of admired some of the things that you're doing. But I think what I really like and why I did choose to have you on is you are, you're real. You know, you talk real talk. And I mean, in this marketing and social media game, everybody's a marketer now. Everybody's a social media marketer. Um, and I think that people just don't understand, like it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of behind the scenes to, to really be successful at it. So, so why did you come on? Well, Ryan, speaking of personal branding, I love your personal branding and like, I love your blazers. I love your socks. Uh, I love when you like talk about your dog and your family and things like that. Like your brand I think is really strong and you're known as like the automobile marketing expert person, I guess you would say. <laughs> so I really wanted to chat with you more. Yep. Um, and I think actually the way that I found you was I thought you were someone else at a startup launch party. And then I was like, Oh, I saw you, but it wasn't you. He was just like trying to be like you or something. Who did you, actually, anyways, who did you actually think was, was me? Like, I want to know who's, who's, kay. who's out there copying my style, you know, there was like a good looking dude at startup launch party and he had like That's a blazer a he wore glasses, and that's why I thought he was you. <laughs> it's the same style, but obviously you're the real Ryan. Hicks. I'm the real dude. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, for you, you know, a lot of people, like even the workshops that I do or, or when I go and speak or some of the clients that I work with, we do lots of um, staff training, especially when you're working in a sales-oriented environment. I mean, personal branding is, is so so crucial just because of what the 2016 customer is doing in, in pretty much any industry. Um, you know what, you know, and I did touch on this in the previous episode, but you know, we have, I want to hear from, from the camel's mouth, so to speak. I mean, what, what would you tell somebody if they're looking to enhance their personal brand? Um, I really hate the word authenticity or authentic, but I love how you're just like, uh, like you use the term, like you're real, be real, whatever. Um, so yeah, like be yourself. Uh, I'm pretty much myself the majority of the time. Sometimes I can quiet down a little bit depending on the type of client I'm talking to, but really like people will be able to tell if you're trying to be someone else and you'll just get called out for it and you'll appear kind of fake or whatever. So I don't know, be real, stick to who you are. And, um, like when you talk to people, just 
be the same. Like I always get like a lot of people are like, whoa, like you showed up, you were wearing like a T-shirt with the neck cut off and like the leather jacket and like Vans sneakers. You didn't dress up or whatever, but like talking to you, like you see, you know what you're talking about and things like that. So I'm really like, I'm just like myself, like I'm not going to dress up to come talk to you. And I think, (laughs) I think people appreciate it. Like the U of A, they were like, she isn't like corporate. Um, like I'm someone that people like the everyday person can relate to pretty much. So yeah what do you you know what when you go you know dress code is a big subject for even when you go speak or you go meet a client or or whatnot you know for me I always feel like and maybe it's just the way I was raised is that you know you always want to be presentable (laughs) uh, and for me comfortable like I you know I love the the blazer and stuff like that but I mean I have lots of different range with my style but what I find especially now in like 2016 you know, and, and we know being in Edmonton, Alberta, you never, ever judge a book by its cover because you, yeah. don't, you don't know who you're talking to at any given time. And then, I, you know, we could go, a, you know, kind of like a crazy example, but take Mark Zuckerberg. He's a billionaire and he looks yes. like, you know, he's wearing a two dollar T-shirt. Yes. And, you know, all some of the speakers that I love and some of the people that are in this industry that I absolutely am, I think do amazing things. They just show up and they honestly, they look like they just rolled out of bed. But then we kind of go into that, like, is it like that little trendy thing where people are trying to do that? Look, you know, like when the guy that grows the beard, he's trying to make it look like the man bun and messy. But I know he's at home with pomade. I know he's got a comb. I know he's like doing this like messy look. So is it authentic or is that real or like what's the deal on that? It's hard to tell, I guess, um, who's like that. But if I was on video right now, that's the shade on that. Mm hmm. (laughs) I'd be like wearing a hoodie and no makeup and I'm wearing like sneakers without socks. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, if you stay true to yourself, like people will know if you're being fake, it's easy to call people out on it. Um, I don't know. You can just tell if someone's just like a hipster. Wasn't the goal in life that, you know, if you're, if you're yourself long enough and you're authentic, you know, you're going to find somebody who will pay you to be yourself. Yes. And that's really the, the true happiness that, uh, that comes out of everything. Right. Um, vanity metrics on social media. So everybody who's listening again, you know, we're not doing the pitch fest on this show. Um, I've already had some sponsors reach out that would like to sponsor the show, but it's gotta be a, a proper fit. I don't want a whole bunch of advertisements and stuff. So this show is just real talk, good value. People can, you know, rewind, play it again as many times as they want. But for those listening, Beverly, what are vanity metrics? Like, what does that even mean? Let's put it in layman's terms. So for the social media standpoint, I consider vanity metrics like your followers, like, you know, how 10 like people can have 10 million followers and you're like, oh, they're so cool and popular. They have 10 million followers, but followers don't actually mean anything. Uh, Impressions on social media. So impressions versus reach. So impressions is just like, so how many times someone saw your post or whatever, that doesn't really mean anything because they're not really engaging or acting on it either. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, I just like, I talk to a lot of clients and they just want to talk about vanity metrics. How do I get more followers? How do I get more likes? And I'm like, shouldn't the question you be asking is how do I get more conversions? How do I get more leads? How do I make my phone ring? Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I can I can speak to that. We just did uh, the marketing for the Toronto Fall RV show. Um, and this is a show notoriously that has literally almost done nothing. And I, what I mean by that is nothing digitally. I mean, we literally had to create the Facebook page, the Twitter page, the Instagram page, the Snapchat, 
Like, you know, a company's done really nothing when you literally have to go and create those pages from scratch, which to be quite honest, as a company myself, I prefer that because you're kind of starting from like a clean canvas and you know, you have a lot of options there. So when we took the phone call and everybody, you know, we talk, we're talking to the board of directors, they're like, okay, well, we want to get more traffic into the show. And I'm like, well, that's cool. And to me, I would consider just raw bodies, um, you know, I, you know, it's raw bodies, but at the same token, it's like, are these people even buyers for RVs? So I don't yeah. want just a lot of people coming to the show. I want people who are actually in the market for an RV to come to the show because that's automatically going to increase your conversion. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, talk to me about that. So I, whenever people focus on followers too much, um, I'm always like, well, would you rather have 10,000 followers who don't really pay attention to you, but show up in like your follower count? Or would you rather have 100 followers who are like paying attention to you, engaging, sharing your stuff or whatever? And they always answer the hundred. And then I feel like that, um, makes them see their, like their, they're wanting to just like not focus on vanity metrics. Like you really have to sell it to some people who aren't involved in social media, I find. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, but I mean, at the same token, is it the general public that doesn't understand that or that, you know, they're focusing on the followers? Is that because of them or is that because of us bad marketers who have really projected that that's, <laughs> that's where you want to be at? I'm going to give you an example. Sir Martin Sorrell, which is the owner of WPP, WPP is the largest marketing company in the world. I mean, they have, you know, his sub marketing companies are like Young and Rubicon, massive companies. Now, what he said was he said, let's say that the average, let's say that the average company spends a million dollars on advertising per year. He said the consumers at 45 percent digital consumption, the um, (laughs) the the marketing agency spending the budget, they're at about 20 percent. So you have a 25 percent disparity. So if we're the marketing company saying, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Client, go spend, you know, 20 percent on digital, 80 percent on traditional. Meanwhile, the customer saying, yo, we're consuming this digital at on average, 45 percent throughout every industry. What what what, what do we do? Yeah. Right. So we're yeah. educating our client poorly. The client saying in the middle, I'm not a marketer. I don't own a company. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get more more people into my restaurant. I'm just trying to get more people into my dealership, more people into my, you know, real estate business, whatever business you have. Right. So they don't know that. And and I don't think they should have to because they're focused on running their own business. So what do we do there? So if someone was like that to me, I would just you like you don't have to really educate them, obviously, because they're paying for it. But you want to be educating them on this is how I'm going to be spending your money. And this is why. So does it make sense for someone to spend a thousand like what is it like $80,000 on a billboard a month or whatever the cost is? Or does it make sense for them to spend $10,000 on social media paid advertising or Google AdWords and things like that? Like, how do you even track it? And the way that you track it, are like the vanity URLs and things like that or whatever. Um, but you're telling them like, Hey, you should spend this much on this. And, um, I actually have measurable proof that I can show you at the end of this month or at the end of this campaign showing your return on investment. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it. And the biggest, the the biggest kicker too, Bev, sorry to cut you off. Is that, is that, I mean, you're spending money to get people to say hi to you. 
Like, it, it, even if you spend $10,000 on digital or social media or whatever it is, I mean, people are clicking because they're interested in what you have to say. Like, and, yeah. and people are like, well, how do you know that, Ryan? I'm like, listen, do you think that people wake up in the morning and just open up their phone and say, I want to be advertised to, you yeah. know, I'm just going to click on your ad right now for fun. I mean, you're only paying when somebody actually clicks on it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right? It's like it's like realtors, you know, realtors. They're, they're I'm sorry. You know, hey, oh man, my let, God. let's cast some shade <laughs> on realtors. You're buying bus benches. Why are you yeah. buying bus benches? Like I, I drove by a bus bench and I said, I got to call up this person. I got to buy a home. Really? <laughs> really? Because I seen you on a bus bench. You know, like, is, yeah. I, I mean, I, the, the reality. Hey, I got Jared Cox on Facebook Live right now. He's a realtor. That Jared, perfect timing, brother. But he he's a realtor. And I mean, I've sat down with him for lunch and we talk about this. And, you know, you got the billboards, you got the bus benches. And it's like, if I'm trying to buy a home or I'm trying to buy a vehicle, a home and a vehicle, those are the two largest purchases of your life. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, what's the word? There's a lot of s- synergy and symmetry between both industries because, you know, if you're to go buy a home, Bev, like what's the first thing you would do? You know, go you got to Google. <laughs> you go on Google and maybe look at some homes before you kind of reach out. And, you know, that's kind of where the, the, the funnel would begin. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to your point, you know, 10,000 on digital and then you can explain the ROI. What have you found that is kind of impressive to the client or what's some of their apprehension, I guess? So for one of our clients, um, we gave them like a vanity URL that we would track. So when they did radio ads or like offline ads, they could use this URL in their marketing, like go to blah, uh, blah, dot com or whatever. And it was just that URL is basically the only thing that they the only URL that they use for their offline marketing so yeah. we can track the visits. And so they found that they were spending X amount on radio ads and no one was going to that URL. So the, whatever, yeah, like the 5,000 or whatever they were spending is actually like not getting anything, maybe brand awareness, yeah. but they're not like actually going to their computer and logging onto that website when they hear that ad. Interesting. So, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, you brought up a good point and you talked about, you know, clicks in social media and we're talking vanity metrics today. So we got to, we're going to go dirty now and, and we got to go to the <laughs> point of it's almost when you look at some social media channels and feeds, it, it kind of is like high school where you see the same 10, 15, 20, 25 people and they're, they're kind of just talking amongst their own group. So you basically said, Hey, Edmonton is a, is kind of has, has a big click and it's hard to break into. What do, what do you mean by that? So I kind of agree with Edmonton having a click. So back in like 2009, I guess, or 2009, 2008, when a lot of people still weren't on Twitter, um, there was like the core group of people, like the same faces, Master Mac, uh, who else was there? Brittany LeBlanc, Linda Huang, and people like that. We were all just like on Twitter all the time. And um, Mac Mail, so Master Mac, he used to do uh, state of the Yegosphere, so the Edmonton <laughs> Twitter sphere. And we would like, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like a popularity game because it'd be like how many, or the people who got the most replies are these people, the people who tweeted the most were these people. So it was kind of like the gamification of Twitter. But those people are, are like, I guess, um, more experts or more. I don't know, more well-known in the Edmonton Twitter scene. So, but I was talking. Hold that thought though, Bev, that's Twitter. 
And here's my thing about Twitter. I love Twitter. I love Twitter. But we can all, we can all, all, we all have to agree that Twitter, you know, it's sat at that 300 million monthly active user for way too long. And Twitter has taken a huge decline. We know that right across the board. I mean, I'm a, I'm a shareholder of Twitter stocks and the stock prices have dropped dramatically because Twitter just hasn't, yes, it's used as kind of a microblog, you know, mainstream news, all these things. But the average person still, I mean, if you say, hey, I've used Facebook. Yeah, like they're they're using Facebook, whether they're stalking their grandkids or whatever they're doing, playing (laughs) Farmville, Candy Crush, whatever. Um, But they know that Twitter is still this isolated kind of, you know, thing. It's powerful, but it hasn't reached to the depths of, say, even Instagram or Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that community that you're referencing is on Twitter. But then contrast that to, say, a community on Instagram or Facebook. What's the difference? Uh, I'm not in a click on Facebook or Instagram, actually. So I can't really speak to that. But really, like I was talking to Brittany LeBlanc before I came on the show. And I'm like, you know, we're going to be talking about clicks and things like that. And she was like, I'm only friends with people because I made an effort to be friends with them. Mm. So she's kind of part of that core uh, group that was on Twitter like a long time ago, but really like it's, I think people make out, make it to be more of a click than it actually is. Mm. So I'm not really sure how the other clicks work, but I know it sometimes like when I was in Victoria for social media camp, I think it's not only Twitter people, but like, and this goes for every city, just like anyone who's actively involved on social media kind of knows of each other. So when I was in Victoria, because I'm not active on social media in Victoria, I'm more well known in Edmonton. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. It was really hard for me to like in person, just like go up to someone and start talking to them like I would here because they'd be like, who are you? And I'd be like, I'm Hello Beverly. And they'd be like, who the hell's that? So (laughs) but what if you get I mean, social media is at the core social. So, I mean, with these little clicks and little groups and stuff like that and what I see um, is that people hold this intellectual, you know, kind of like this intellectual knowledge, online geeky property mm-hmm. ransom to the general public, you know, and there it is kind of like high school where it's like, oh, you know, I'm a part of that group. So why can't we be a part of that group? You know, and and they kind of keep this lock and chain on it. Right. But where I find the most benefit is is being a part of no group, to be honest. And, yeah. and the reason I say that is. If we know that less than 10% of internet users are generating 90% of the content, look how many people are just watching. Yeah. Creepy. Right? Just stalking in the background. They're stalking. Then, yeah. I love the stalkers. And then once in a while, they'll message Can we hashtag that? I love, the <laughs> yeah. I love the stalkers. Hashtag, I love the stalkers. I love the stalkers. Once in a while, they'll, they'll comment or write like a message to you and you're like, whoa, yeah. like I didn't even know that you were following me since like 2000, whatever. Yeah. Like this is weird. Beverly, um, we got it. I had a good question on Facebook Live. We actually have Sterling Preddy in the house. He's the owner of of Sterling Sterling Real Estate. So we were talking about why would you invest in bus benches? Um, Cassie earlier in the stream actually made a a good point. And she said, well, if we were to invest money buying bus benches and digital, wouldn't it give kind of double brand recognition to kind of um, break the ice, so to speak? What do you what do you think about that? Realtors, bus benches? What do you think? How many people actually pay attention to bus benches when they're driving? Or when they're sitting there, besides drawing uh, 
eggplants on people's faces (laughs) on the bus bench. But like I, I spend most of my time and like probably like the majority of other people that would be in their demographic on the computer, on my phone. I don't even look up like I'm like when I'm driving, I'm like thinking about other things or listening to music. I'm not paying attention to billboards or whatever. And and it's kind of like how banner ads. Do you remember when banner ads were like <laughs> super big and yeah. annoying? Now you don't even see them like you don't even pay attention to them. So I feel like that's how traditional marketing has kind of become like there's a billboard. But like if you ask me, I drive by a billboard on Jasper Ave every day and I don't even know what's on it. So like how are they measuring what how many people are actually viewing it besides just like the traffic going by that billboard or that bus bench online Cassie said there's lots of subconscious marketing it's not always conscious so there's a lot of subliminal things happening so that's fair I mean whatever but online like okay there's subliminal marketing but how are you actually knowing that that is actually what's going on well and this is the this is the this is kind of the point is i'm kind of you know i don't really i'm I'm kind of bipartisan because um i think that in 2016 when you're spending marketing dollars you should literally be able to calculate and know exactly yeah. what you're getting in return for them so exactly. it's still really weird when i when i walk into a company and and we go and do like an audit and you know hey how much are you spending on your marketing and I mean, you'll have people that are like, yeah, I spent $5 million last year. And, you know, because I deal with a lot of mid to, to, to larger yeah. companies. And I, I'm like, well, where did you spend the money? And a lot of them, they, they have no clue. They literally exactly. have no clue yeah. as to what they got back for it, right? Um, yeah. I do believe that the phone screen is the, it, it is the screen that you want to you get in front of. But you also want to, you know, I always say like the definition of marketing is figuring out what product or service you're trying to market figure out who's actually wanting the product or service, figuring out how they like to communicate, and then crafting a nice message at the perfect timing to subliminally introduce yourself to that person. Yeah. Nobody wants to be sold to. Nobody. No. I don't ever make a cold call. I don't, make, I don't, I don't call people up. I don't, I don't bug people. Like, nobody wants <laughs> to be sold to. But here's, here's where my sales funnel is. I might post a picture on Instagram and then people are like, who is that guy? That guy's crazy. And then they go check out my bio on Instagram and then maybe they go over to my blog because every single client I've got, it's either referral or it's somebody saying, yeah. hey, Ryan, you know, I seen you do this. You know, maybe we should sit down and chat. And that's yeah. been my funnel. I, you know, that's how I've gotten all my business. And I like it that way because if you reach out to me, well, you're not annoyed by me. You're the one that made the first reach out. <laughs> yeah. So the conversation is going to go a lot differently at that point, right? Yeah. And with sales moving to more to inbound marketing, that's what you want to be doing. You don't want to be like in your face marketing to people because if you were, if Ryan, if you called me and you're like, hey, like I do this marketing, blah, 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 I'd be like, that's cool. Like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, yeah. I'd rather just find someone myself who I think I would um, jive with or whatever yeah. and work with them instead. Like, I don't like don't call me. I don't talk on the phone. Don't call me. <laughs> don't call me. Yeah, don't but, call me. Well, it's like I ha- it's like I have that one slide. Right. It's 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 literally, you know, don't effing call me. So when I go speak, I have all my <laughs> all my social media handles and people start laughing. But I'm like. Yo, you can text me, you can tweet me, Snapchat me, Instagram me, Facebook me, but don't you dare pick up the phone and call yeah, me. You know, exactly. if we look at if we look at the average data plan or the the mobile phone plan, cell phone plan in Canada, we're paying some of the highest rates in the world. That that's a fact. But if you look at how much are they charging you for your unlimited text messages or or daytime minutes, it's like peanuts compared to what they're charging you for data. 
right? Yeah. Now, I'm going to do a podcast on this because, you know, let's say you had like I have 10 gigs of data because I need it. But let's say I only use five this month. Where's my other five going? Anyways, I don't want to start talking about that. It's upsetting <laughs> to me. I feel that the five gigabyte. Yeah, I, yeah, that's shade, right? I feel like the five gigabytes should be rolled over to the next month. But you get what I'm saying on this, right? So, again, vanity metrics on social media. Um, buying followers or focusing too much on followers. What do you think about people um, buying followers? Can we just, like, not buy followers ever and just, like delete those websites that offer that service off the internet like permanently so i just i don't understand i'm gonna throw a little shade i'm sorry little shade do Um, it do it yeah we're going deep we're going murky let's get murky (laughs) i wrote a a blog post on this actually but in edmonton someone a company was doing like social media for businesses like a workshop whatever and I'm like who is this company like I've never heard of them and I never heard of like the people who are running it so I went and stalked them on their social because I'm a stalker and I stalked them on Twitter and I looked at their followers they had 10,000 followers for like 400 tweets or something like this ratio is a little bit off so I went and looked at their followers and they had bought all of them yep and it's like, how are you teaching a course on social media when you're the one who's buying followers? Are you going to be telling your students to be buying followers? I don't think so. Like, can you just not pretend that you know social media? Well, do you remember when when everybody was using Instagram and Instagram came out? So people bought a lot of followers on Instagram. Yeah. But do you remember when Instagram changed their algorithm and basically yes. got rid of all the fake accounts? Yeah. I've seen people in Edmonton. They had like 10, 15,000 followers. And literally, 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 I've seen them go down to like 5,000. Yeah. And, and that's Justin dr- Bieber was crying over this too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Bieber was upset about it. You know, he's like, yo, man, where's all my followers at? But here's the thing. <laughs> So I figured out the perfect equation. I'm going to actually post it in my show notes. But you can figure out if somebody's bought followers. A very simple equation. If you take the amount of followers that somebody has on Instagram and then you just take, like, go look at, like, five of their photos. Be mm-hmm. fair. Take an average of, like, how many likes they've gotten on each follow on each photo. And then you just simply divide it out and do simple math. Because how does 21, 000, a person with 21,000 Instagram followers only have 49 likes? I know. That's Boom. Yes. That like is that's, the I'm sorry. Way. I'm sorry. That's worse than having no followers because it just means that, sorry, iTunes, but nobody likes your <laughs> shit. Nobody likes it. <laughs> nobody likes it. I mean, that's sad, right? 21,000 yeah. followers and you got 40 yeah. likes. Yeah. No. So there, there are people who build Instagram accounts and they build up the followers organically, mm-hmm. but the only reason they're trying so hard is so they can sell those accounts. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, what's the point of having 10,000 followers if none of them like your shit? But, uh, but, but your here's stuff. the thing, though, is that is that true story is if we're marketing and we're trying to attain or, or get new business or, or market another client's business. I, I you know, if, back in single days and I I bring this up in my presentations a lot. Now, if you buy your date in Canada, that's also known as something else, which we're not going to say it's illegal, right? But (laughs) if I was to date a whole bunch of people and I purchased and bought the dates, like the relationship is not holistic and organic and it's already gotten off on a wrong start. So I'm going to actually lead and use this as my segue. This is why I hate pay-per-click. Oh, that's a hot topic. I'll tell you why I hate pay-per-click. Yeah, tell me. I am paying to interrupt somebody 
to try to get in front of them. And and Seth Godin, you know, and I'm giving him this this total plug because Seth Godin, which I'm sure you've heard of, he's a mm-hmm. fantastic marketer. But he says, you know, you you can't disrupt your your audience anymore. You know, marketers used to just disrupt. We would buy paper ads. We would send stuff to your mailbox. You know, like I mean, Canada Post. Wow, you know, like wow, right? I mean, you know, who even takes the flyers from their little PO box into their home anymore? No. And and, and we're disrupting. So now our marketing and our philosophies change. We are in a huge change right now in life. It's communication. We're changing. We are communicating. Differently, a three-year-old can work an iPad yes. better than anybody, and we know that in schools right now, kids are not even being taught how to handwrite anymore, right? Yeah. So, yeah. pay-per-click, yes, it, it has its moments, but I see marketers and I see companies that all they're focusing on with the client is pay-per-click. They're not diversifying the budget. If it's costing, let's say four bucks, like let's go into the automotive space. That is one oh, of the God. most expensive keyword cost per click. In the world, like to get Edmonton Ford, it could cost (laughs) five bucks. Okay, and that's like that's like me being like not a nice person and say just clicking on people's ads and costing them five dollars every time. You know what I'm saying? But but you know, I would rather somebody goes on, maybe they Google Edmonton Ford or Edmonton Realtors, and then boom, organically it comes up because. We know this psychologically. There's tests done. We know that Google, they took all the ads from the right panel, right? Yeah. Boom. So that means there's less real estate for pay-per-click. So now you see them all at the top. Do you really want to quick click that little off-right ad, Bev? Sometimes I do because it's easier. I think you're a liar. Than scrolling down. I think down. you're a damn liar. <laughs> I think you're a liar for that, Bev. What, no. When's the last time you clicked one of those little off-white color ads? Uh... What was I doing yeah, yesterday? See? Yeah, shade. Yesterday, I googled. Shady. This is shady I, now, Bev. I googled YouTube, and actually, there was like an ad for YouTube at the top, and I was like, "Oh, it's right there." And I don't know why I googled it because I could have just put it in the address bar, but I remember specifically doing that and clicking on the ad and being like, "I'm dumb. I could have just put it in the bar." But yeah. yeah, I click it if it's easy, and I mean. Getting organically ranked to the first page of Google is really difficult for some companies. Sure. And like, I totally agree with you. Like, you don't want to be in your face with your PPC or whatever. But I mean, if they're searching for something and you can appear higher up and like in their and like right there, maybe not in your face, like click here, learn more right now or whatever, like that is like, no, but I mean, if you can appear that like you're not selling anything, but you are selling something, people are more likely to click your ad. If that makes sense. It's all about, for me, social media is all about kind of like product placement marketing. Yep. Where it's like you kind of just mention what you do, uh, but you're like talking about something else. Or you're selling coffee, but you're taking a picture of your MacBook with the coffee cup in the top corner, not really seen. Like that stuff is more effective, I think. Yeah. You know what, though? I mean, if you look right, everybody's associating pay-per-click with Google. And I don't understand why. And I don't know if I don't know if Google coined the term first. But what about pay-per-click for Facebook? I mean, Facebook, you know, dollar for dollar, I can get in front of somebody for a fraction of the cost on Facebook before I can get it on Google. So, you know, we preach diversify your pay-per-click budget because, 
pay-per-click is everything. I mean, hell, if I put out an, a promoted post on Instagram and then in that promoted post, they click on my link and go to my landing page yeah. on my website. And then I got my little, I called the stalker, my little, my little stalker <laughs> code, right? The little, yeah. the little pixel, yeah. you know, now I, I got this data that Beverly wanted to click on the advertisement on Google, which I still don't believe, but now she clicked on it <laughs> and she went to my website landing page. Um, and now I got, you know, information I can now use for remarketing. I mean, one company comes to mind who killed this Amazon, right? Yes. If you go to Amazon and you look at golf clubs for the next little while on Facebook, yes. all you're going to see is golf clubs. Here's a true story. This is a funny story. So if you give demonstrations, right, in your live, so sometimes I've opened up my Facebook account, I'll do like a demonstration. Well, there was one time I opened up this one guy logged into his Facebook and he was getting ads for all kinds of naughty things. Okay. I'm just going to say naughty things. So he okay. was trying to say, Oh, I don't know why Facebook's showing me all these ads for naughty things. Ah, us marketers. Uh, 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 brother, brother, you've been looking at some sites and they have been tracking you and you are now seeing ads on Facebook. Do not tell me these yeah. ads are just coming down your stream for no reason. Facebook, the, Facebook's algorithm has made billions of dollars for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Right. Uh <laughs> so, so that's some shade. We gotta call them. We gotta call the person out on that. If you really want to know what people are doing in their spare time, just look at the kind of crap that's coming down their new, their Facebook newsfeed. Marketing, <laughs> right? Yeah, I I like Facebook ads and not just as a marketer, but as like a person on Facebook, if they're done really well, where you can't really tell that it's an ad. Okay, give an example of that for everybody so, that's watching. I listening. really hate like scrolling through my feed. And this is probably why Facebook had that um, only part of your photo can be 20% or whatever it was of text or whatever, like before they had that rule. Um, because I like scrolling down my feed and just like, seeing what my friends are doing. And if there's a post with like a bunch of like giant capitalized letters on it, I'm like, ew, like, what is this? <laughs> I like get off my feed and I get like angry. So, cause it's like interrupting yeah. my time. Cause I always think, well, yeah. people always think that Facebook is like private and this is my private time. Sure. Um, so if you can do it right, like instead of putting up your gross billboard, whatever thing, um, gross you billboard, like, whatever thing that's yeah, going to be the title of the show ad. Um, <laughs> and put up like a nice photo or like something that is like lifestyle related or whatever. Uh, it'll probably get way more attention than your stupid billboard ad. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. Now, I mean, there's something to be said about, you know, when you're putting out an ad or, or product placement, um, native to the platform. So, yes. you know, for, for me, I call it three stages of platforming. Number, number one stage in platforming is traction. Okay. Um, because traction is one of the hardest things to get in social media organically. You know what I mean? And, you know, when somebody, you know, most people, that's when they kind of bow out is when they're trying to get the traction right now, then from traction, it goes into maintenance because now you've built a following. You got to maintain the following, right? Yeah. Now, once you go from traction to maintenance, you got to, you, you know, you're probably going to try to grow again. So now you go back into growth and hold on. Jess Miranda said, so true. Cass and Neil on uh, Facebook live said subliminal marketing. I agree with you guys. And Tony White just said, I looked extremely mad. So um, <laughs> that's just to give the Facebook live updates. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, I ain't mad, brother. I ain't mad. I know you're going to listen to this <laughs> podcast. I'm happy. But this marketing stuff, man, I tell you, it gets me vicious. It gets me vicious because yeah. I and don't I, I don't think sorry. it's complicated. I think it's very simple. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think you have it down pat. So Ryan, I am legit stalking your Instagram. I do follow you, but I'm looking at your entire feed right now. Cause I was going to be like, I was going to say something, but I was like, I should probably make sure Ryan doesn't do this. Sure. But I, I hate when people don't think about what platform they're posting on. So you, you actually have like real photos on Instagram and but not Beverly, just like- Beverly, back up a bit. Even if I was doing that, what you don't like, this is the thing I like about social media. It's not about being perfect. You know what I mean? It's like if I was doing it wrong or whatever wrong means or right, it's still good to be. I like when people are like, yo, Ryan, man, I don't know, man, but you just said something and this stuff is stinking like shade. You know, like you got to call me out on it and vice versa, because I think that, again, marketing and people, I mean, people are people, right? It is what it is. So I I would call you out if you were doing it. I know you would. As a guest on your show, Ryan. <laughs> no, man, you can. You, this is called trash the trash no. the host. Trash the host. Saying, like I hate when people don't think about what platform they're posting on. Like Instagram is legit for photos and like storytelling and things like that. So when people are posting freaking screenshots of things or freaking like their billboard advertising that with the giant letters that take up the whole screen or like their motivational quotes, I freaking can't stand it. Like, like what story are you telling me with this freaking screenshot? So like for you, you don't really have any screenshots. No. Have you heard of, um, you've heard of Scott Stratton on marketing? No. Okay, he's fantastic. So he, you know, when, you know, make sure you go and check him out. He, I really like what he does. He's based in Oakville, but he's a he's a keynote speaker. He speak, you know, he speaks sixty times a year. That's all he does. What's really funny is I had a chance because we spoke at the same conference for Dealer Talk in Calgary a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. But he owns a marketing company, but doesn't do marketing for other companies. <laughs> so he goes around <laughs> and talks about what not to do for marketing, but he actually doesn't market for any other companies. So he has this one slide on his deck that basically he gets up there and he, and he says, here's what not to do on a photo. Do not quote yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so then he has the photo of him quoting himself. Oh, my God. What do you think about quotes? Like, let's talk about that because that's vanity, right? I mean, if I throw up a photo and say, baby holtz is coming and quote it or i say you know the ryan holtz show is awesome slash ryan holtz you know or you say work hard hustle hard blah 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 ryan holtz or something yeah it's like what's the point is that like is your target audience actually going to like i don't know like what is that doing for your social media strategy are people supposed to quote you or are you supposed to quote yourself to get people to quote you what do you think you're supposed to quote other people but then how does everybody that i quote get quoted Somebody else quoted them because they really like their stuff. Have you ever thought of that? I don't know. But like, I'm going to not put up, like, why would you put out a quote of yourself <laughs> and then like give yourself credit? Cause it's like, can you please get over yourself? That's so vain. I don't know. That's so vain though. Eh? It's, vain. <laughs> it's vain. Okay. So, so I, I'm going to bring my <laughs> wife into the conversation. Cause she's okay. like, she's the ultimate in, in crushing an ego. You know, there's that, there's that book called ego is the enemy by yes. Ryan holiday or whatever. She's just like, sometimes I throw up these selfies and she's like, you know what, Ryan, you really got to stop posting pictures of just yourself. You know, I I love your wife. Yeah. She's like, you know, I just don't think that that's another, you know, you've been posting photos every single day of yourself. Why don't you post some like landscape or some scenery? And then I don't know, like, you know, and then I kind of thought about it. I'm like, I wonder if it does come off vain to the general population. Like, do you think you're a marketer and you're marketing yourself? Well, you know, if you. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Bev. Go ahead. Well, if you think about it, like 
if you were just like a non-marketer and you were just like some dude who worked in a boring office or something and you just posted selfies of yourself like all the time, I'd be like, you're kind of vain, but you're your own brand. Facebook Live. Think, we have to interrupt, Bev. So Peter, oh yeah. Je- Peter Jennings just said, I like quotes personally. If they relate to a meaning you are trying to relate to, quotes resonate with me personally at certain points of time in my career and give me certain motivation. What do you think about that? Uh, I think that's great. You should probably screenshot them and print them out and put them up in your bedroom, but I don't <laughs> like quotes. Sorry. <laughs> Peter, okay. she just said she doesn't like quotes, brother. But you I know, think I follow Peter on Snapchat. Oh, do you follow Peter know. on Snapchat? Peter Jennings? Yeah. I think he's out of Calgary. I think, Cal- so. I think he's Little out of bald Calgary. Dude. Yeah, yeah, he's a, yeah. I think he's a bald dude or balding dude. But uh, <laughs> Peter, I love you either way, brother. You got lots I of swag. I love you, Peter. Yeah, Peter's good. But, you know, it's funny because I posted about um, – I posted an episode just touching briefly on personal branding. Peter was one of the people that got back to me. He said, you know, I listened to the show and – I really like it. He says, my personal brand is really trying to boost other people's brands in some senses. So mm-hmm. he's kind of the guy that will go and share, you know, all your posts and, and, and all this. So let me, let me ask you something. Uh, Scott Stratton actually brought this up when he was speaking. So if you go to his Twitter account, he's verified and he's got hundreds of thousands of followers. Well, hundred and something thousand. But, you know, if you actually look at how many people he's following, he's following quite a bit. So um, the person who was interviewing him on his podcast actually asked and said, you know, most people like you, they're, they're not following as many accounts. Why are you following so many? So he actually said when he was trying to build up his his Twitter, he tweeted a hundred. What was it? A hundred thousand times in a month oh, or something like that. So he said he went to 10,000 followers. And if somebody would follow him, he would follow them back automatically. Yeah. So he said he kind of regretted that because now his feed is extremely uh, <laughs> busy. So he uses uh, a social media platform called like TweetDeck or something like that yeah. um, to just basically, you know, exclude any kind of auto, you know, messages or, or things like that. So what do you think about people following people back automatically, like follow for follow oh, and like for well, like? If someone's like, hey, I'm following you, follow me back. I'll be like, no. But if they follow, if a real person or a real company that actually engages on social follows me, I'll check out their profile. And if I like that they're like talking, if I see that they're talking to people and like doing something of value, I will follow them back. Interesting. But for, the, for anyone that just goes on social just to broadcast their own agenda, pretty much, no. Like, unless you're like David's Tea, because I love David's Tea, but David's <laughs> Tea also engages with their fans. Yeah. So. Isn't yeah. that the worst though when a when a brand has a lot of people talking to them? And yes. you know what though? It's like it's like okay, I, you know, man, Scott Strat, I'm giving this guy lots of plugs, but you know what? I like his stuff. But okay, he gives an example, and I've been in this example so much. You're at the airport, and you're getting your little bin, and you're you're literally, you know, putting all your stuff out, and are you wearing a belt? And is there, is there any metal in your pockets? And you're going through this whole thing, and then the flight crew comes around and it's like this Hollywood production and they got their little carry on baggage (laughs) and they got a baggage on top of the baggage and they just kind of whisk by through security. And you're thinking, yo, if, if you're not on the plane, the plane's not leaving without you. (laughs) The plane's leaving without me. So why are you going in front of me? Now it's funny because he, he, he says this point. So he said, you know, basically one of the flight attendants had bumped him going past him. So he said he was extremely upset about the flight attendant bumping him. So he turned around and because he speaks in the United States a lot, he always does like the contrast of Canadians getting mad versus <laughs> Americans getting mad. So he's like, you know, this is stage one Canadian upset. So he's like, okay, guys, I apologize. I apologize for his profanity. And then he's like, 
here's the stage one. Are you guys ready? Canadian madness. Come on, man. So that's like the stage <laughs> one Canadian madness, right? So then the flight attendant's like, what's your problem? He says, what's my problem? He's like, do you know who I think I am on social media? Do you know how many followers I have on social media? And so he tweeted to Delta, but he spelled Delta wrong. He spelled it Detla. And <laughs> he, he said this tweet was retweeted so many times. But then he talked about how Delta responded to him. And basically the tweet was, is it okay if we do our best to make you happy today? So he's like, I was so upset. And then the tweet came in and I was yes. just like, okay. And he said, it was so disarming. And he said, all people want is to be heard. Yeah. That's like all people wanted. Like when people, um, com- I was going to say the B word. When people be on social media, they just want to be acknowledged. Like they just want to be heard, like he said. So when companies are ignoring people, that's like the worst. How are you building your loyal customers or your brand loyalty or whatever you're doing? Like yep. you're not doing anything for your customers online. And that's like what those big brands that just kind of push out like for a company that I used to work for, a commercial real estate company, they legit will just post out their listings. And I'm like, can you like not do that? <laughs> <laughs> Please, can I just come to head office and do it for you? <laughs> well, it's like selling homes. Like, and you yeah. go back to that again. It's like, you know, when you're selling homes or vehicles, like it's not selling something. It's you're fulfilling a need that somebody actually has. Yeah. And like, just think about somebody who's actually going to purchase a home. Like there's such a story, like people do bad things in the homes. People are going to have their first kids in the homes. People are going to, you know, cook and eat dinner in the kitchen of their homes. And like, it's literally a lifestyle item to market. And it's not like you're trying to market coal or rocks. Like that's a tough sell. (laughs) You're actually marketing lifestyle and, and lifestyle is not abrupt. Lifestyle is very casual and very in the moment. So, you know, I, I call that in the moment marketing where you're marketing. And, and now I really feel that, you know, it's more of a consultative approach rather than a direct selling approach. It's just it just is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I feel I feel like when not to throw a lot of shade at real estate people, <laughs> but real estate people, a lot of them do it wrong because all they do are throw up their listings. Yeah, they're not. How is that providing value to anyone following them? What they like, they could be including things about um, buying, like tips on buying your first home, what to look for when buying your first home or what, like moving companies or like how to pack your boxes when you're moving to a new home or something like that. Not just like this boring, constant feed of your stupid listings nobody cares about. There's this realtor in Calgary. She has over 10,000 followers on Instagram. So she, you know, when you, when you're a realtor, you sell a home and then you have key release. Yeah. So she has key release and she does this, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, <laughs> dance with her customers, every single key release. Now I'm going to go back to a point. So we have, um, a mortgage broker that we've used that I've used forever. And she's fantastic because, you know, I'm, I'm a big real estate investor. I love real estate. And the first home I ever bought was, mm-hmm. Just, you know, it's like your first home. I mean, some people don't even have, um, you know, some people just don't even have the, what's the word? Like, it, 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 they don't have the chance to even buy a home in their life. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's such a monumental moment. Now, here's what's cool. You walk in the home and this is somebody's first home. She had two red cups and a bottle of Hennessy cognac waiting. Oh, oh hell 
Hallelujah. <laughs> Two re- and here's what I love about it. She was ghetto. She was ghetto fabulous. <laughs> she didn't give me glass cups. She gave me the two red party cups. That's right? Awesome. And yeah. I tell this story all oh, like unbelievable amounts of time times, right? This was now just remember, this was the broker, the mortgage broker. Yeah. This wasn't even the realtor. You know what the realtor did? Nothing. Just handed the keys. <laughs> now here's something that's crazy. And I might get a lot of realtors going crazy on me for this. The Canadian Real Estate Board took a survey and they basically said that less than 10% of the realtors ever talk to their customer again after key release. That's so brutal. So brutal. How are you going to get like referrals? Or now, how don't, do you I don't know if this is the holy grail on it, but I mean, you know, I have said this uh, when I did, you know, I do workshops with the Edmonton Real Estate Board and I have said it and a lot of realtors in the room were like, absolutely, Ryan. I to- we, we totally agree. But then those are the same realtors that say less than 10% of the active <laughs> listing realtors do 90% of the listings, which I, I yeah. totally agree with. Because, I mean, you look around Edmonton, people who are moving huge inventory and product, it's the same group of names that you're constantly seeing. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they have teams and they've kind of, kind of branched out a bit. I love realtors, though. Just so you guys know, this wasn't anything against realtors today. I really I love you. Like, yeah. I love realtors. I was also a licensed real estate agent when I worked at my old company, even though I did industrial real estate. So okay. I'm there with them. You are there with them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I know we're going to have to wind down the show now, but um, vanity metrics on social media. I mean, just give us three takeaways um, that will help us to be better at social media or build the desired um, you know, response we want. Um, but I think the two words that really come to mind are self-awareness. So give us some tips. So, uh, what are three takeaways? Uh, if you post really good stuff, people will follow you. Uh, there's no need to buy followers. There's no need to focus on your followers. But like Bev, numbers. what if we're not good? What if we're, what if we're not good DJs? And now I know, not- now I know I got, I got you stumped because DJ, like I, and I wrote, I, I like to use the example of a DJ. DJs, some of the top DJs in the world get paid mega bucks to remix other people's content. So they're not really producing their own content. They're curating other people's content. So what if I'm not a creative person and I, and I just can't generate my own content? Can I be a DJ, figure out really good content yeah. and push it out? Yeah. So basically you can curate really great content from sources that you know are reliable and that your audience or your target market will actually find value in. So I did that blog post where it's like, I'm not going to go for coffee with you unless you pay me yes. to keep my brain about social. And that was actually based off an article that all my friends had tagged me in about some girl complaining about the same thing. And then I mention it in the article, but I write my own point of view around that. So even if you don't want to write your own point of view, you can shout that article, just write like one or two sentences on why you're posting it or why you think it's valuable and share that out and people will appreciate it. That's great. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I think that, uh, you know, you, you did write that article or not write it while well, you wrote kind of a spinoff of it. But yeah. um, you basically said people are always inviting me to go for coffee and, you know, as a marketer or, or I need some advice or I want to pick your brain. So yeah. you basically said, you know, how come my knowledge currency level is not valued the same as maybe let's take my lawyer at a $400 an hour oh for God, coffee. Yes. So why, like, yeah. elaborate on that. I mean, realtors go through it. Anybody who's a consultant goes through that. I mean, companies yeah. go through that every single day. So, I mean, somebody says, hey, I want to pick your brain. What do you say back? 
I'm like, here's this landing page for my consulting and you can book an appointment there and you can literally I have set up a landing page because I get so many stupid requests like that. And since I published that blog post, it's really like, there's like no one there's cricket <laughs> asking me to go for coffee for free. Um, but a lot of companies don't value or see the value in social media. They don't see the value in actually hiring a realtor when they can just be like, oh, I'll just go on com free. Or they don't see the value in like a really good website or a graphic designer, whatever. So you really have to sh like pretty much just take a stance and be like, hey, I'm not effing working for free. <laughs> like you can go F yourself. If you don't want to pay to work with me, that's fine. You can go on Kijiji and find someone who will do your website for $300 and good luck with the conversions. Or go to Fiverr. Go to Fiverr. Yeah. <laughs> go to Fiverr.com and get that logo made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, you know like what? It, it just – I just, it's just crazy to me, you know, it's like, you know, you put, you know, you can put lipstick on a cow, but it's still a cow, you know, and I always say this, I love luxury, luxury item marketing because let, like when people go to Walmart or they go to Superstore, or they go to all these different, you know, they know what they're going to get. They're going to get the quick mm -hmm. and dirty and they're going to get in, they're going to get out. But does Versace or Louis Vuitton or Tory Burch ever send you flyers in the mail saying 20% off? No. Boom. Why is that? Yeah. Right. You don't yeah, walk into Versace and say, yo, I want 20% on Versace. Yeah. It's Versace, baby. It's Versace. Can I, can I just have this for free, actually? <laughs> <laughs> right? You go into Versace or Louis or Gucci because you know what you're getting. You know yeah. what you're going there for a, you know, a specific reason. Um, and you know. So you're not saying, you know, here's the quick and dirty. And I always say, you know, uh, price is relevant in the absence of value. So when I see companies that are going to price right away, I just think that they're not establishing the value. I really do. Yeah. And, that no, is, sure. and it is what it is. So uh, do you have any questions for me, Bev, before I wrap oh, up? Oh, yes. So I'm <laughs> curious as to why. So you had a, like you were doing really great on YouTube. You're really great on Snapchat, Instagram, whatever. Why did you decide to venture into podcasting? Why did I uh, want to open a podcast? You know what? Yeah. Uh, the truth to be told is and I, you know, I kind of said it in the first episode. You know, I've had so many over the course of the last few years, I've had so many people um, ask about, you know, hey, Ryan, maybe you should write a book. Maybe you should do this. I mean, I have a really cool story. I've done a lot of uh, I put a lot of work, sweat, equity into what I've done and yeah. and building my brand and, you know, my company. And, you know, I, I've, uh, you know, literally not made one sales call and have been in business. We're coming up to three years for Ryan Holtz Marketing. Um and I've literally spoke all over, you know, U.S. and Canada and, yeah. and really cultivated this brand. But I just kind of wanted a place where I could kind of have like my brainchild. And I do have my blog and my blog does it really, really well. Mm -hmm. I just sometimes think that my blog and my words and I'm horrible at grammar. Um, it <laughs> no, just not. does not. It just does not. It, if you meet me in person or you meet me online or you talk to me, I think I have a lot more personality than just mm -hmm. words on a screen. Um, and for SEO, I love those words and I'm going to transcribe this, but you know, yes. I, get, I get it. Right. But, yeah. um, you know, video I feel is great, but it, you know, to be honest, there's a lot of, uh, post-production that has to go into it. Um, you know, a book is great, but I feel like, you know, maybe a lot of people don't like to read anymore or, you know, the free ebook thing has been totally yeah. killed. Um, <laughs> podcasting, you know, is, is great because I feel that, you know, somebody can be working out, somebody could be on the bus, somebody could be 
uh, going to work. Uh, they can hear my voice. They can rewind. They can go and listen to it. Um, and it's honestly something where nobody's telling me what to do. I'm, I'm going to say exactly what I want on this podcast. It's going to be very opinionated. It's going to be evocative. I don't care if anybody agrees with what I'm saying. I don't care. I just don't. I think that I want to ignite conversation amongst people and really get you know people out of their comfort zone. Like For instance, when I go and speak, and I stand up in front of a group of people. It's like high school. You have the people that sit at the front of the class, right? Eager <laughs> beavers. And then you have the people that are in the back. And it's crazy because whether the person's 20 or 50, they're literally, uh, you know, almost shy to really say what's on their mind because I feel that people are thinking and, and, and hearing and seeing so much and they're just not, you know, pushing out that information. My father-in-law is a genius and, and not because I'm trying to get brown, brownie points, but business-wise <laughs> is a genius in real estate. And I mean, he was a, an engineer by trade, which is a, vin- a very linear thinking. But, you know, I said to him, I said, you have a, a lifetime of knowledge and you're, you haven't, you, you know, it's like, it's like going and getting a custom suit made. You know, yeah. back in the day, like those tailors, it's hard to find a good tailor. So if the tailors never, ever, um, you know, you know, taught anybody else how to do the same craftsmanship, how is that going to live on? So I wanted, to, I wanted to create this podcast just as a forum to talk to cool people, um, not sheep, um, but just cool, <laughs> cool people who, are, who really want to talk, get down to the bones of it. And, you know, with people who are the, of the understanding that there's no secret to success, there's, no, there's not this little magic secret that yes. we're keeping from you. It's, yeah, it's work your ass off and, <laughs> and let's talk about it. And I, you know, have a lot of respect for you, but let's, you know, let's spread that around and, and let's do it for free with no damn pitch. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And let's build the value. And that's really, that's the Ryan Holtz show. And we're going to talk about socks. We're going to talk about fashion. (laughs) We're going to talk about tattoos. We're going to talk about business. And and people are funny because like, Ryan, you do a lot of business with automotive and real estate, but you're talking about so much more. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. People that buy a car (laughs) like to eat food. They like to, they have to wear clothes, right? They got to wear clothes. And they, they're breathing. They have children. They have wives. They have kids. They have cousins. Yeah. I mean, we're all sharing the same space in this beautiful world. And uh, let's just do it a bit better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I like it. I like how you're just not focusing on one thing. No, no. But, you know, I still want to focus on the only thing that matters, which is value. Right? Yeah. So, so that's the Ryan Holt Show. We're going to push it out. Um, I wanted to get, you know, four or five episodes uh, online so that when people actually went and, you know, listen to it, there's other content. But I'm going to be releasing one episode uh, per week. Okay? Yes. So. Talk to me. (laughs) I'm talking to you. (laughs) Are you getting mesmerized, Beth? Yeah, mesmerized. Um, But yeah, I want I want people who are listening to recommend other people to interview um, you know, kind of give me, you know, Hey, if there's a certain topic that people just are dying to, to talk about, I think marketing, you know, I've made a living off making marketing really simple, to be honest. Uh, I've worked with some very close minded people and by the time we're done, they're, they're just loving it because I think that, you know, there's a lot of crooks in marketing and, you know, get on my, you know, here's my marketing strategy, you know, $99 a month and you're going to, I'm going to take you to the promised land. I'm like, ah, no, you, you, you know, people are people and they're, they're relationship oriented. You can't sell somebody. Uh, remember everybody talks about millennials, like they're aliens, uh, yeah. a millennials, 18 to 35 years old. They're all around us right now. 
Um, my son, baby Holtz, is being born in his mom's womb with a cell phone. So he's going <laughs> to understand that when somebody's trying to bullshit him, that it's just not going to work. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's the Ryan Holtz show. You know, we're having some fun. Ryan. Yes. How is your wife going to give birth to a baby holding a cell phone? Well, I, you know, I, I, I did a little Photoshop thing on one of our little ultrasound 3D <laughs> things. And I swear, because everybody's like, yo, this guy's going to come out with some good socks and a cell phone. Because <laughs> I think that, you know, like, and it, yeah, it's a little dramatic, but think about, really think about yeah. how young, like three-year-old, two-year-old, four-year-old, they're working iPads like crazy. Yeah. Snapchat, yeah. everything disappears. My God. Right. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so that's that. So I'm going to put a wrap on this. Beverly, put out all your uh, information, how people reach out to you, how they can follow you. Plug away. You've been an absolute amazing guest. This is going to be on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. It's going to be on RyanHoltz.ca. We're going to transcribe it. We're going to procribe it. We're going to do whatever the hell we can, and we're going we're gonna to make it come on, okay? That sounds good. So how do we get a hold of you? <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. It's at Hello Beverly. That's Beverly with an L E Y. You can visit my blog for some extra sass, hellobeverly.com. And you can stalk me however you want online. Just don't phone call. All right. So this has been episode six, interview with the Beverly. Um, I want everybody who's listening to go onto iTunes when it's up and Google Play. Please rate it. Um, visit the blog. Tell me what you'd want to see. Give me your comments, your feedback. Beverly, you and I are going to do a three, two, one, boom as it's celebratory. So three, two, one, boom. Boom. Okay. Thanks so much for coming on, Bev. Stay on the line. All right. Facebook land. We are over and out. This has been good. Boom.